up, Excel. What up, what up, what up? All right. If you have no idea, stop. This is not about me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> if you have no idea what's going on right now, ask anybody that looks old. They'll tell you. Uh, <laughs> my name is Mark, though. It's good to be back with you guys for at least a night. Um, I wanted to come by tonight because we have the honor and the privilege to hear from a good friend of mine, um, a good friend of Excel's, a good friend of Pastor Joey's. Uh, I have had the honor and privilege of actually working along with Pastor Danny Cancel, and uh, he is a great man, he loves God, and I know he's got a great word for you tonight, and so I want you to make sure that you give him your full attention, give the spirit your full attention, what he wants to speak to you tonight. I'm going to go ahead and invite Pastor Danny up. Praise God. It's such an honor and a privilege to be here. I don't want to say a lot about myself. We can catch up after service if you guys want to know anything about me. I just want to go right into, you know, just a little bit of an extended time of worship, and then I'm going to go into the Word. So we're going to stand, and Pastor Jay is going to play that last song. And if any one of the singers want to come and help me with this song, um, we're just going to sing this song for a little while more. You know, tonight's set, it goes right with our message. And so I didn't call anybody like at Excel and be like, yo, uh, what are you singing tonight so that I can fashion my message to what you're singing? No, the Holy Spirit did that. And so I believe God has a word for us. And I want to just invite you to just press in a little harder than what you usually press into. Right? Just close your eyes right where you're at. You know this song. If you don't, then you can look at the words on the screen. But we're just going to sing that chorus, the victory is yours. And we're going to just lift our hands to Jesus. We're just going to enter into just an extended time of just loving on him, okay? So let's just begin to sing this song. Hallelujah, Jesus, the victory. Hallelujah. Exalt you tonight, Lord Jesus. We don't want to rush out of your presence, oh God. We want to give you the glory and the honor and the worship that you deserve tonight, Jesus. The victory is yours. We declare it tonight, Lord God. We want to lift you on high, Lord Jesus. You deserve it all tonight, oh God. We reserve nothing, oh God. We give it all to you tonight, Jesus. We worship and adore you, God. Father, we ask, oh Lord, that you would come into this place, Lord. Father, tonight we take every thought captive to the authority of Jesus Christ. And we ask, oh God, that you would speak to our hearts and to our minds, Lord Jesus. God, I pray that you would put us in the right place, in the right frame of thought to receive your word tonight, oh God. That our hearts would be fertile soil tonight, Lord Jesus. That the word, oh God, would not just bounce off, but it would take root into us, Lord. And we would bear much fruit for you tonight, Lord Jesus. God, I pray, Lord Jesus, speak to us, God. Help us tonight, Lord. I pray that you move, oh God, in the supernatural in this place, oh God. I pray that, that divine appointments today would be made and met in the name of Jesus, oh God. So God, as we spend the next few moments in your presence, Lord, opening your word tonight, would you minister to us, Jesus? God, I pray against all reservations, Lord. I pray against every heart that is closed right now in the name of Jesus. Open the door, Lord. Let your word penetrate to the deepest crevices of our heart tonight, God. Wash us clean tonight, Jesus. Wash over us and breathe on us, oh God. And do a mighty work, Lord, in all of us in this room tonight, Lord Jesus. Hide me behind the cross, God. Help me to speak to your people with your heart, oh God. 
And I pray that your love would be present. I pray that your spirit would move, oh God, as it's begun to move already. I pray, God, that you would do something beautiful, Lord. You're the God of the beautiful, oh God. You're the God of miracles. You're the God of breakthrough. You're the God of mending. You're the God of peace. You're the God of love. And tonight we need you, Lord. So rush into this place. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Everyone say amen and agree. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Grab your Bibles. Thank you, Pastor. It is my privilege to, to bring the word tonight. And I uh, just want you to know, Pastor Joey sent me some communication. And he says that he loves you and that he misses you. And so when you see Pastor Joey on Sunday, give him a big hug and tell him you love him. And thank God for your pastor. Amen. Thank God for your pastor. Amen. Amen. I love that guy. He's awesome. Well, tonight I just want to, um, uh, you know, I'm pretty loud. So I could. You're not, are you recording this? Oh, okay. So I need to use the mic. All right, cool. All right. They're checking up on me. They're spying on me. They're recording this thing, you know. Um, cool, so I'll use the mic, but uh, we're just going to read uh, a couple of passages of Scripture, and then I just want to bring some truth, and then I really want to pray. Hey, listen, more is done in, through prayer than anything else, okay? Like, I could preach, I can give you the Word of God, I can tell you the truth of the Bible, I could make the old truth new, I could speak right into your heart, right into your situation, and you could feel like I'm reading your mail, but if you don't respond to God, and you don't seek God, and you don't pray it through, it's, you're just going to forget about it. You know, that's why we're big on altar calls, because when you come to the altar, there's a transaction between you and God. You begin to empty your heart to him, and he begins to fill it with his presence and with the answer that you may need for your life in, at this present time. And so we're going to just read one verse at first, and that's Hebrews chapter 11. If you guys, do you guys have Bibles? Do you guys have your phone on you? Come on, open up your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. We're just going to read that first verse. If somebody knows what that verse is, you could just blurt it out loud. Does anybody know what Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says? Anybody? Any of my Bible scholars in here? Go ahead. Here, I'm going to give you the mic. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Yes. That, is, that is Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge every student in this room to memorize this verse, right? This is who we are. We believe even though we don't see. Faith is the confidence that we hope for, for we ask, uh, for, hold on. Faith is the confidence that we, what, that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see, okay? So that's what faith is. Everybody understands what faith is? Right, amen. Okay, let's go to Daniel chapter 1. Everyone go to Daniel chapter 1. How many have heard the story of Daniel? I'm pretty sure P. Joy has preached on this before. Probably way better than, the, than what I'm going to say to you tonight. But I feel like this is a word from the Lord for the people of our day for the world that we live in today, and maybe for directly for you. And so let's go, let's, let's, let's go to uh, Daniel chapter 1, and we're going to read from verse 3 to verse 8. And do we, ha do we have that in the NIV? We have it in the NLT. Okay. I'm going to read it from the screen because I have it in the NIV in my computer. But let's read it from the screen or from your Bibles. Then the king ordered, I don't know how to say this name, it's pretty bad, but I'm going to just say it. Ashvanas, uh, his chief of staff, to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families who had been brought to Babylon as captives. Select only strong, healthy, and good-looking men, he said, like the most, most of the guys that are here. Make sure they are well-versed in every branch of learning, are gifted with knowledge and good judgment, and are suited to serve in the royal palace. Train these young men in the language and literature of Babylon. 
The king assigned them a daily ration of food and wine from his own kitchens. They were to be trained for three years. Everyone say three years. And then they would enter into the royal service. Next verse. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were four young men chosen, all from the tribe of Judah. The chief of staff renamed them with these Babylonian names. Daniel was called Belshazzar. Hananiah was called Sadrach. Mishael was called Meshach. And Azariah was called Abednego. But Daniel, and in the NIV it says the word resolved. In the NLT it says determined. But Daniel was determined. Everyone say determined. Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. So you're, you're reading it in the NLT. I have it in the NLV, NIV. And it says, verse 8 in the NIV says, Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief officials for permission to not defile himself this way. So we know this story. If you don't, I'm going to give you a little background and then I'm going to move forward. But at this point in time, Israel was besieged by Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar went in, into, into, into uh, uh, Israel and he just, he took them captive. Now they're under the rule of, uh, of King Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel is about 14 years old. Everyone say 14 years old. Most scholars say he was about 14 years old because at 17 years old is when you were ready to go into the king's palace and work before him. And they're going to train him for three years, Right? They're going to get him ready for three years. So most, most scholars say that he was about 14, that they were all about that age. So there were, how many of you are 14 in this room? How many of you are older than 14? All right. How many of you younger than 14? Cool. Well, guess what? 14 is a good age. And that is a good barometer of, of maturity where you start to start to become a little bit more mature. And so... Daniel was about 14, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was about 14, and they were about to get trained, and they were about to go and serve before the king, and at a certain point, right, they, they, they assigned him, like, specific foods and all this stuff, right, because they wanted him to be beefy, and they wanted him to be strong and more handsome and more all of this, and Daniel, the Bible says that he resolved, and this word resolved is just it's just resounding in me lately. Because because I just don't see it a lot. I just don't see it a lot, especially in, 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 in the church world. I just don't see a lot of people being resolved. And I, I challenge, I want to challenge you tonight because, because God has called us to be resolved. He's not called us to be a people to compromise, right? Uh I don't know what you guys would call it nowadays, um, uh, being punked or being weak. What, what would you call it? Tell me, somebody help me over there. Come on. Well, you're smiling. Go ahead, tell me. Being fooled? That didn't work, bro. Uh, huh? What? Fake? Fake? Yeah, not, not where I'm going. But, hey, listen, um, Basically, what, what, what was happening is that, is that Daniel was taking a stance. He was taking a stance, and he didn't want to compromise what he knew was good. And so I, I, on the way here, I actually talked to my son about this. I said, man, what do, you, what do you think? Like, what do you think was going to Daniel's mind when he said, I'm not going to defile myself? I'm not going to do that. And he was like, well... You know, Daniel didn't want to, like, give himself into what the enemy was offering him because if he did, then, you know, he wouldn't even go to heaven. Like, that's a good answer. Like, he just didn't want to, to compromise his beliefs. And so here's what it means to be resolved. What it means to be resolved is to be, is, uh, fully, to be fully determined. Do we have that? 
is to, to be fully determined or firmly determined. And, and this is where I want to stop and park for a minute. And we're going to move on in, in, in a few minutes. But, like, to be firmly determined is something that God is looking for in his people. We just, we sing songs like the victory is yours, your name is, uh, uh, your, Christ is enough for me, and, and uh, what was the other song that we sang today? Um, what was it? What a beautiful name it is, right? We sing these songs about the name of Jesus. We sing these songs about how Christ is enough for us. Yet at times, it almost seems like we're not fully or firmly determined to follow him. It's like, it's like he's not enough. It's like, it's like, it's like, a, it's like you can't trust that he's going to do something great for you in the moment of decision. I want to encourage you today to, 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 to take your faith a little higher, a little deeper, to start believing God for impossible things, for really hard things. Listen, this, this 14-year-old kid is standing in the, in the courts of, of, uh, and the guards are there and they're saying, no, this is what you have to eat. And he's like, listen to me, I, I need you to understand something. I'm not eating that food. I'm just not doing it. Like maybe he said it in a whole different way, but the spirit of this, of, of this chapter, of this, of this passage of scripture is saying, listen, it's communicating clearly. Daniel took a stance. He took a stance in the face of temptation. He took a stance. And I thought about this because I was like, you know, coming from, coming from Israel, going to Babylon where there's all this access and there's all this richness and there's all this, all this stuff that's instantly available to you, right? You may want to make a point and take advantage of it and then just kind of get in good with the king, Right? Some people just want to, like, hey, I'm going to prove myself. I'm going to get in good. If I had a bad out there in, 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 in Israel, then now I'm here. I'm going to make the most of it. I'm going to make the most of my opportunity. And Daniel was like, nope. It might look greener on that side, but I know who I believe in, so I'm not doing that. It might look good on that side. It might, you might have a lot of good things to offer me on that side, but for me, no, I'm not doing that. And it's just so relevant for us today, don't you think? Don't you think that the world has a lot of good things to offer us? Right? Look, if I could be completely honest with you, they outdo us in concerts. Their concerts are amazing. Like you go to some worldly concerts. I don't go to them. But if you go to them or if you just watch them on TV, like they kill it. Am I right? Right? And then you go to, like, a Christian concert, and it's, like, good, right? It's, like, good. Like, it's anointed and blessed. But, like, the production, they don't, like, kill it like everyone else kills it, right? Like, they have a lot of good things to offer you. They have careers. They have, they have all this stuff that looks good to the eye and, and it tempts you, right? Some, some of the girls, like the boys that are out there in the world doing their thing, and some of the guys, you know, I don't have to say it too much. They like the, what the girls are doing out there. And Daniel's like, yo, I know that all that looks good, but I know who I believe in, and I'm not going to defile myself. And I just wonder if there's two or three brave people in this room who can face a situation and be like, I won't defile myself because I serve a living God. Because my God is real to me. He's not just a fantasy or a concept. He's not just a person that Pastor Joey speaks about. No, he's real. And he wants to do amazing things in your life and in your heart. And he wants to bless you and he wants to make you whole and he wants to make you healthy. And it doesn't matter what situation you've come from. It doesn't matter what situation you're in. Daniel was captive and Daniel was in front of these people. And he blatantly just said, yo, I believe that God can make us better. Why don't we just test this out for a minute? You know what he was? He was fully determined. Let me know if we're going to be fully determined. It's worth to be fully determined about our service to God. About our faith in God. Right? Like, like, like you can't be fully determined to follow any other person. I, 
Like, I, when I got invited to preach here, I was real nervous because, like, Pastor Joey is a really good preacher. Right? Isn't he really good? Right? And then he goes all over the world and he preaches everywhere. And I'm like, I got to go preach to those people? They, they're going to they're gonna laugh at me. Right? But then it came to my senses. I was like, no. I was praying in the office and I said, God, in this place, it's the Holy Spirit and it's your presence that reigns. And as long as I'm under your Holy Spirit and I'm in your presence, it doesn't matter who speaks in here. Isn't that the truth? Right? So it's like we have to be people that are not afraid to take a stance in the face of temptation, in the face of defilement. We just have to. You want to honor God with your life? You got to make some choices. You're old enough to do that now. Pretty soon when you turn 18, you're going to go into the real world and you're going to have to make a lot of choices. I just had this conversation with one of the young men in my church. I was like, listen, everyone likes you. Everyone praises you. Everyone thinks you're this hot stuff. But listen, if your character doesn't, is not right, you will crumble under the pressure. If what's inside of you is not alive, if you just come here on uh, Thursday nights to give face and to say this is really, listen, this space is awesome. I mean, this place is really cool. I wish I had a space like this. I don't, but praise the Lord. I'm not jealous. Maybe just a little bit. I'm not jealous. But, hey, this place is awesome. But if you just come here because this place is awesome and you're not growing and you're not connecting and you're not growing in your heart and your faith is not growing, I want you to know something. You're wasting your time, guys. Don't take for granted that God wants to bless you and he wants to use you and he wants to do something in you. And so when you can do that, when you can grow and when you can accept what God has for you, when you go into that, to that situation that Daniel's in, you'll be able to say, no, 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 no. That's not for me. That's not who I am. You see what I'm saying? And that's what God is calling us to do. God is calling us to be a people who are firmly determined. The Bible says it really clear. The Bible says, the Bible says God is, goes throughout the earth looking to whose heart is fully committed so that he can strongly support them. The Bible says that. You know what that means? All in. Doesn't matter if people make fun of you. It doesn't matter if people call you holy roller. It doesn't matter if people call you weird. It's okay. It's all right. When Jesus died for you, you know what they called him? All types of names. They're like blasphemy. They were spitting at him. They were kicking him. They were, they were treating him, mistreating him. They were slapping him. They were doing all kinds of things. You know what he did? No, 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 no. I won't, I won't stop what my mission is. My mission is to die for my people and rise again to give them eternal life. It doesn't matter. Everything else is just pure noise. And I want to I encourage you guys. You're at a state in your life where you have a lot of noise that comes into your mind. It comes into your heart that you're not good enough. That you need to live up to a certain standard. That this, then that. And you guys know the pressures you go through. And I want you to know something. Just grow your faith. Just get before Jesus. And you'll see that when those things come and they face you, you won't give in to them. You won't, you won't slide out to the things that you're not supposed to be doing. You'll be like, ah, nope. That's not for me. You know, um, there's this saying that says, if you do the same thing all the time and expect a different result, that's called insanity. So I've, I've been a youth pastor now for like four years um, at my church. And I've had, like, students, five years now, and I've had, like, students go through my youth group. I want all the girls to just listen up for a minute, please. Because my heart, it breaks for girls. Because you live with all this pressure. You live with all this pressure. You have to look a certain way. You have to talk a certain way. You have to smell a certain way. You have to do your hair a certain way. Like, I can just get up. I don't have any hair, so I just get up. I brush my teeth, I get dressed, and I'm good, I'm good, right? But you have all this pressure. You look at yourself in the mirror, right? And, and, and sometimes that pressure, if your heart is not completely aligned with Jesus, 
If you don't know who Jesus is in your life like Daniel did, that pressure takes your view away from God and it starts to put your view on other things. And so in my youth group, I've had, I've had girls who just keep doing the same thing and they come back and they're like, Pastor, I don't know what to do. Like, I feel, I feel like I'm not worth loving. I, I'm not worth being loved. I'm not this. I'm not that. You know, they give themselves away. They go and they lay in bed with some dude who doesn't really care about them. I'm just telling you right now, if a guy's trying to get into your pants, he doesn't love you and he doesn't care about you. Amen, Pastor? Come on. Amen? Yeah, he just wants to get his satisfaction and then eventually he's going to forget about you. And so I've had to pick up those pieces and I've had to have my wife hug and love and counsel. And you know what? They just keep doing the same thing and they keep doing the same thing and they keep doing the same thing and nothing changes. And I want to tell you tonight, if you find yourself in a cycle where things are not changing, can you change? Can you do something different? Can you stand up and be like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. That's not who I am. Watch and see what God can do through me when I, when I don't do that. That's what Daniel did, right? He did that and it worked. And so fast forward, Daniel looks better, looks stronger, all this good stuff, right? He resolved to not defile himself. What does defile mean? Let's put that up. Defile means, you have that? Defile means to degrade. Defile means to degrade, pollute, and tarnish. Like he's like, I'm not going to pollute myself with this stuff. I won't be degraded by taking in the king's food and all this garbage. I'm not going to tarnish who I am. Can I, can I just listen, listen, how many of you are born-again Christians in the room? Just raise your hand if you're a born-again Christian. If you, if you believe in Jesus and he's in your heart, let's, let's raise our hands. That's born-again Christians. So most of us, right? Okay. You know what that means? That means that you bear the name of Jesus Christ. That means that you are his son and his daughter. That's what that means. Don't let anything else get that twisted in your mind. It doesn't matter how hard your life may be. It doesn't matter what the situations you may be going through. It doesn't even matter what decisions you've made today. That decision that you made today is not going to keep you from being a son or a daughter of Christ. Right? Like my son is here. He's 14 years old and he makes bad decisions. And when he makes bad decisions, it doesn't change the fact that I'm still his dad. And that I still love him. And that he belongs to me. doesn't change that. So I'm just letting you know, find your identity in Jesus Christ. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Stand firm in the day of trouble, right? That's what, that's what God is calling us to do. And that's what Daniel did. And fast forward to the next cluster of verses which we're going to talk about Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they're going to teach us a lot. And you probably heard this from Sunday school all the way up, but we're going to just give you a little fresh reminder. In Daniel chapter 3, starting with verse 12, we're going to read this story, and then I'm just going to give you three points, and then I'm going to ask the worship team to come up, and we're going to pray for a little while. This is what happens. There are some Jews, here's what they're saying, there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, because when you do things God's way, he promotes you. I mean, it's right there, right? There are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon. Here are these Jews, they're in Babylon, and now they're over the affairs because they decided to not defile themselves and do things God's way. God promotes you when you do things his way. That's a good lesson to learn, isn't it? The Bible says that promotion comes from above, right? You know, everyone in this room, you may have a talent. You may be able to sing. You may be able to play a, a, an instrument. You may be able to uh, quote Bible verses and be a poet and rap and all this other stuff. Promotion comes from God. Talent is great, but promotion comes from God. Amen? So, Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty, 
They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. So what happened was that uh, they convinced the king to make a decree that, that when the music would start to play, that people would bow down to this idol. And then they found out that these guys wouldn't do it. And when they found out that these guys wouldn't do it, they went back and reported this to him. And now he's furious. And Nebuchadnezzar says to them, it is true. Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? That you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up for you or I have set up. Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Let's just leave it right there. This is what's going on here. These guys have resolved to not bow down to any other gods. And you know what happens when you resolve to live for Jesus? The noise gets louder. It does. It just gets louder. And so now they're in front of the king. And he's like, I'm going to put you to the test here. And when the, when the music starts playing... You need to bow down to these gods. And here's, here's the, the response that these three young men gave to the king. When you hear the, uh, uh, then what God, then he says, what God will be able to rescue you from, from my hand? So Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him and said, King Nebuchadnezzar, very respectful. Not cocky, not like a smart aleck, right? Not like a, uh, you know, you know. They, he just they just went up, King Nebuchadnezzar. I just want you to know, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. That's like mic drop. He's like furious, making all these threats, and he's he's saying, "I'm going to kill you if you don't do this." And the first thing that they say, "Thanks, man, I appreciate it." The first thing that they say is, we do not need to defend ourselves. Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were secure. They were secure. Let's read the, the rest of this. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God, will, the God we serve is able. Everyone say is able. The God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with, with the three Hebrew boys and his attitude toward them changed he ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual, more noise, louder noise, and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up the three Hebrew boys and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men were wearing their robes, their trousers, their turbans, and all the other clothes, and they were bound and thrown into the furnace. The king's command was so urgent. And the furnace was so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up the three Hebrew boys. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. I love this. I love, I, I mean, I don't love that they're in the furnace. Don't get me wrong, okay? Like, I'm not that crazy. Do I got two more verses? Or is that it? Are we good? You, no, no, we're good. We're good. All right? And so, here we go. Is he putting them up? Go ahead. Go for it. I'll keep reading, man. The king Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that were tied and up and, and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. Last verse. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of God. Here's what happens, okay. These three men are teaching us a huge lesson, and everyone I believe in this room, including myself, needs to pay attention. Number one, 
Shadrach, Meshach were secure. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were secure. Let's put that up. Let's put up the. They were secure. We do not need to defend ourselves. In other words, listen, I know who I am. I know who I serve. I don't have to say a word to you. You know that when Jesus was on the cross, do you think that Jesus had to defend himself on the cross? As a matter of fact, when they asked Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? What did he respond? What did he say? Does somebody know? Anybody, even a leader can tell me this. Anybody. What did he say? What did Jesus say? Huh? He said, if you say I am. Like he wasn't like, you know, like puffing his chest out, being like, I'm the man. What's up? Let's do this. I don't, I, 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 I'm the king of glory. They're like, yo, king, we respect you. We know you're king. We know you are authority. But I want you to know there's a higher authority. And I don't have to defend myself. I'm secure in who I am. You know when you're insecure, you're always defensive, right? Come on, if somebody say amen, please. Right? When somebody, somebody calls out something in you, I just, did, I just had to do this to one of my kids. I had to call them out. And like, no one likes to be called out by me. Like I'm tall and I've got gray hair and I got a beard and I'm bald, so I look a little scary. But I'm not scary. Like I love people, you know. And so I called this kid out and he was like, Oh, no, you're wrong, blah, 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 blah. He was getting all defensive. I'm like, yo, man, I'm just trying to sharpen you, man. I'm just trying to love you, man. I'm just trying to build you up. You're not going to get all defensive because I called you out on your sin. So what? So you sinned. Okay, don't do it again. This is how you fell into it. Let's correct it. Let's pray about it and be accountable. And then we move on. Amen? You gotta be all defensive, and you know, so so you know, so you know, when you're insecure, you're very defensive. But these guys weren't insecure. These guys were like, you can say whatever you want, but we don't have to defend ourselves. We need more Christians. We need more young people like this. That you know Jesus so much that He has so much of your heart that when the accuser, the devil. Because he's the accuser. When he comes to accuse you, you're like, hey, devil, I don't have to defend myself. That's, the, that's what Jesus does for me. I know who I am in Christ. You, you hear what I'm saying? This is not a concept. This is real. Right? So many of us, we find ourselves in the face of pressure, and then the accuser comes, and he starts to tell you, you're not strong enough. You don't deserve to be loved. You're thinking it, so you might as well do it. No. You got to be secure. And you know how you're secure? You, get, you grab a hold of Jesus. You just, you know, I'm pretty sure Pastor Joy and Pastor Jay probably tell you this all the time. And, some, and my kids, they just, they just know how that I say this. And they know the inflections of my voice when I say this. They, they actually can quote me like verbatim. I'm like, yo, you have to read your Bible. You have to read your Bible. You can't just think that you're going to stand in the face of temptation and not defile yourself if you don't have the Bible inside of you. We talked about, I opened up with faith. Uh, uh, Pastor Jay, if you can come and, and play something. We talked about faith early in. And you know how faith is built up in your heart and in your life. Can someone tell me how faith is built up in your heart? Somebody, please tell me. Who said that? Faith comes through what? Hearing the word of God. You have to read your Bible. You have to know the promises of God to declare the promises of God. To be secure in God is not just an emotional attachment that you have with him. It's a real relationship. It's a real knowing in your mind and in your heart who God is. And these guys were secure. They're like, we don't need to defend ourselves. Number two, these guys were filled with faith. Look, look what they said. God is able. 
That's like ancient times language, right? God is able. Amen. Hallelujah. But how many know when your faith is in God and you're like, you know what? God, I know you can do this for me. You get a different type of courage in your life. You start to really, like, when you, when you start to stand up and say, no, God, you're able to deliver me from this thing. You're able to deliver me from that thing. You start to get a different courage. You start to take different ground in your spiritual life. I, listen, eventually you're going to grow up to be an adult. And if you don't practice faith now, it's going to be really hard for you to practice faith later. You can't just turn on faith, okay? You can't just flip a switch and all of a sudden you know the entire Bible and the promises of God are whirling up in you and you're just taking ground and you're in victory. That's not the way this works. The Bible says that it's precept, line by line, precept by precept. You read it, you get it into you, one verse today, one verse tomorrow, three verses the next day, five verses the next day. You sit, you sit in his presence and you pray and you get with Jesus and you get personal with God and all of a sudden all these things are stored up in your life and then you come up to a problem and the Bible starts to well up out of you and then you have faith to stand your ground. But if you don't have that, if you don't have that, then when they're going to throw you in that fiery furnace, you're going to just be desperate and you're not going to know what to do with yourself. And you can say, okay, I'm going to bow down to temptation. I'm going to bow down to lust. I'm going to bow down to depression. I'm going to bow down to all the things that surround me. You know why? Because I don't have the strength to believe in the promises of God and who I am in God. Not these guys. No, 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 no. I got news for you. Not these guys. These guys were like, you know what? I don't care if you throw me in that furnace. My God, the God that I serve, the God that I know, he's able to deliver me from that. That's the courage that God is looking. Young men in this room, I'm telling you right now, this world is in need of godly, strong, anointed men. You know how many kids are fatherless today? You know how, how this world is wrecked? How many men are struggling with pornography? And, and how many perverts are living in this life because there was no one to tell them, you need Jesus? Because they couldn't give their hearts over to God? Because they were too macho or too strong or too proud? I'm telling you right now, if that's you in this room, I want you to know, pride is the thing that ruined heaven. Satan was kicked out of heaven. Lucifer was kicked out of heaven because pride was in his heart. No. You know what, the, the, you know what Chicago needs? You know what Chicago needs, Excel? Anointed men. Guys, men who are given to God, who know who they are in Jesus Christ, and who are not going to buckle under the pressure of this world. They had tremendous faith. The last thing that they had, let's put it up. The last slide. They were ready to die. I love it when they said, hey, my God can deliver me. But if he doesn't, I'm still not bowing down. You can put a gun to my head. It doesn't matter. Jesus is alive. I serve a mighty God. And if I die, then I die. But you know what? When I die, I will be with him in eternity. My question tonight to you, Excel, my question tonight is this. Are you resolved today to not defile yourself? To live for Jesus Christ? Are you resolved? Is your relationship with God one that's secure? One that's full of faith and ready to do what you got to do? You know that we get to lift our hands and sing you got a beautiful worship team here. you got a, a nice building. You know across the world in China they can't do that. You know that, right? You know they can't lift their hands and say Jesus is alive. You know that people, right, just not too long ago, a couple years ago, they lined up 27 men. I think it was in Egypt or in, in, in Arabia. And they put them down on the ground. And right on the television they executed them. Why? Because they wouldn't deny who Jesus Christ is. You know that, right? But you and me, we can... We can sing, we can come to the altar, we can speak in tongues, we can pray out loud, we can go to our schools, and we can uh, give the gospel. We can do all types of things in this world. How's your resolve? 
How serious are you about this thing called relationship with Jesus? Because listen, the last time I checked, Jesus was very serious about it. Tomorrow is Good Friday, and Sunday is Easter Sunday. And you know, we celebrate the death and the crucifixion of Jesus on Friday. And on Sunday, we celebrate the resurrection. I want you to know, when Jesus came to this earth, there was one strategy, one plan. I'm going in. I'm going to grow. I'm going to subject myself to these humans and the people that I created. I'm going to let them beat me down and kill me and crucify me so that you could have eternal life. Isn't that messed up? John chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Everything that was created was created through the Word of God. You know who they're talking about? Jesus. So Jesus created you, and Jesus created you, and he created those Roman soldiers that beat him and spit on him and put him on the cross. And you know what he did? He's like, I'm ready to die. I'm ready to die. I'm serious about my relationship with Excel. My question tonight is, how serious are you? As great as a preacher as Pastor Joey is, as anointed as he is, and he will be the first one to tell you, you can't ride his, coat, you can't ride his coattails to heaven. That's, that's just not how it works. This is not how it works. You can't ride the coattails of Excel youth to heaven. That's not how it works. You have to be able to submit to God. The Bible says, submit to God. Resist the devil and then he will flee. The Bible says, submit to God over there. Resist the devil and then he will flee. I want to know. How many of us are resolved to submit to God and resist the devil? Because the men I just talked to you about, that's what they did. They're like, yo, it doesn't matter. You can say all you want. God has made this so real to me now. Like I'm able to walk in a different freedom because God has made this so real to me now. Like when, I, when I'm faced with a certain situation... And, and, and I start to feel, how many of you guys like have like a certain, you've like, you got a big test and you have, you feel like this anxiety come over you. You're just like, oh snap, did I study enough? Did I do my job? Am I going to pass? Am I going to fail? Right? That's just a test. But there's a lot of things that you might be facing that just, just fills you up with anxiety, right? And you're just like, oh my goodness, what, pray for me. What am I doing here? Like, what's going on? You know, God is teaching me. He's like, Danny, you're my son. Just love me. All that other stuff is just noise. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. All that other stuff that gives you anxiety, all that other noise that, that, you, know, that you worry about, you know what that noise is. Every life is different. Every heart is different. The Bible says that the, that the, the heart of a man are deep waters, but the Lord, he's able to draw them out. So every heart in this room is different. You're going through all types of different things. You're thinking all these things. I want you to know something. Don't let the noise drown out your resolve. Don't let the threat of raising the fire in the furnace make you bend the knee to, to, to the temptation. There's only one God. His name is Jesus. And he is the king of glory. And he grafted you into his family when you said, yes, Jesus, come into my life. And that is enough for you to go to him again today. And say, God, help me with, with my resolve. I want to honor you, God. I want to be able to stand in the day of trouble. I want to be able to stand up to temptation. I want to be able to make good, holy choices. I want to know, God, I just, that I have the strength to do it. I want to get to know you better. I want to know your, your promises. 
I just spoke on Sunday at, at our church about a, uh, the power of a promise. You know, the power of a promise, it just keeps you holding on. You know, somebody promises you something, you just hold on to that thing. How many know if God promises us something, then God is going to see it through? Amen? And maybe today you're waiting for a promise and you're like, God, help me to hold on. Help me to hold on to you. Tonight's your night for you say, God, I need you. Help me with my resolve, Lord. You know, I don't know exactly what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were feeling, what Daniel was feeling. But when we, we sang this song, it just made me think, right? Because Babylon took over. So it went from Israel to the kingdom of Babylon. And they were in this oppression and they were in this hardship. And I could just think to myself and just imagine to myself, Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel singing this song, Though Kingdoms, sing that, Though Kingdoms Rise and Fall. Though Rise and Fall. I just want to invite you to be courageous tonight. I'm not sure how Pastor Joey does a, an altar call or not. I'm not sure. But if you feel like you need to renew your resolve, like you just need to love on Jesus and ask him to help you and give you strength, we're not going to judge you. We're not going to call you a sinner. We're going to pray over you. So listen, we're going to approach the altar now. This is the, this is the altar, right? We're going to approach it now. I'm going to ask you to be courageous. If you need God to give you strength, come on up to the altar and let's pray together. Hallelujah. You're able, God, you're able, Lord, tonight to move in a powerful way, oh God. You're able, oh God, to do mighty things, Lord Jesus. You're able, God, to search deep into our hearts. You're able, God, to give us a holy resolve for you, oh God. You're able, God, to, to give us an appetite for your word, oh God. You're able, Lord Jesus, to renew a right spirit within us, oh God. You're able, oh God, to restore fellowship with you, God. You're able, God, to bring to bring peace, oh God, to bring breakthrough, oh God. You're able, Lord Jesus, to bring strength tonight, Jesus. God, tonight we want you to do something mighty in this place, oh God. We need you, God. God, we invite you, Jesus, do something in, your, in our hearts, oh God. God, your word says, oh Lord, that if we call upon your name in the day of trouble, God, you will answer, Lord Jesus. And tonight we're asking you, God, answer, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord, draw near, God. Draw near, Lord Jesus, to every heart, oh God. Draw near, oh God, to every student, God. Draw near.